Welcome to the Learning Capacity Podcast, where we explore stories from around the world. We hear from educators, parents, students, entrepreneurs and scientists about innovations that help make learning easier and more successful. I'm your host, Peter Barnes. Today's guest is Jess Leondu. She's what I would call a a global free-range worker. She's got a career where she has no base. She's worked in multiple countries over the last few years. And I want to talk to Jess today about what she does, how she does it, why she does it, and is this a clue to how work might evolve in the future in our digital connected age? Welcome, Jess. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell me, you run a design business called Butter Collective, and you, yep. don't, and you don't run it from any single place in the world. Is that, yeah. is that what? Yeah, that's correct. So um, basically, I've had Butter Collective for about the last nine years. And in those, in those nine years, like I've sort of varied between um, having Butter sort of somewhat centrally located for a couple of months to sort of just having it anywhere around the globe. Um, so there's a bunch of different people that I work with, and each of those people is also typically also a free-roaming person. So we all collaborate and work around the time zones, and, yeah, we sort of make things happen without needing to be in the same room together. Wow. So what countries? I mean, where are these people? And where, you, you said that in our preliminary chat before we started to record this that you've worked in 11 countries uh, yeah. <laughs> re- recently, yes? <laughs> yeah, the last couple of years have been a bit busy. I didn't really intend to go to, through so many countries. But, um, yeah, this year I've been in, I think, six or seven, and then the year pre- prior to that was 11, and then the year before that was also 11. So it's been a bit busy. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the countries that I've sort of predominantly worked from is Berlin and then Australia. So most of the people that I work with are in one of those two countries so luckily I'm not juggling too many different time zones but yeah essentially like as long as you can get the times right then it's possible to sort of work with anyone anywhere. Right so the technology communications and technology has enabled you to do this. Yes definitely without Skype and without email then it just wouldn't be possible um, yet yeah, there's no way that it yeah, that you'd be able to do something like this otherwise. I mean, sometimes the technology can let you down. For example, like I was up in, in Nepal climbing Annapurna and I needed to send an email and I wasn't able to get Wi-Fi. So I had to drag my partner up to the next um, leg of the leg of the walk, basically, so I could get that email sent. So, so, so you, went, you went higher up, up, the him, up higher up the Himalayas to find the signal. Yeah, Is that what you exactly. Because <laughs> we had to send the email. So sometimes technology lets you down. But generally, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible without it. So Butter Collective, you're, you're a design business. What's that mean? Yeah, so we do branding and brand strategy. So basically what we'll do is we'll look at a business holistically and we'll sort of consider things like not just what their logo and what the aesthetics of their business looks like, but we'll consider how they want to position themselves in the market and what's going to be their like sort of core messaging around what they do, what's their value system and how to best present that to get their clients hooked. Um, and like develop a long-term relationship. So we do, yeah, strategic branding. So tell me, what education did you have? What learning took place to get you to uh, start a business like this? Well, I did design college. So that was, um, and I actually completed some of that during grade 11 and 12. Um, 
And then I was also a bit of a nerd. <laughs> so I was like the head of the student council, the head of like the Agda council. So I did a lot of these kind of extracurricular activities, which involved sort of communicating with different people. Um, and I think sort of through those different experiences, it just got me more excited about having my own team. And that's how it sort of flourished from there. So the communication piece of your learning, uh, it seems like that wasn't uh, sort of part of the curriculum. It wasn't a deliberate uh, subject you studied. It was just something you learnt along the way. Is that right? Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've always just been interested in people and chatting to other people and getting to know about their stories. And yeah, I really like to work collaboratively. So yeah, that side of things sort of, um, that sort of just came, came about on its own. But yeah, the, what I actually learnt was just graphic design. Mm -hmm. And what inspired you to go global to start a free range career rather than just s sitting in your your <laughs> your normal I environment get itchy feet. <laughs> i think i i well I, I yeah i think i just get like itchy feet and then i want to go and explore so i kind of had to find a way to make it possible um luckily i think that probably the thing that's worked the most in my favor is i've got a really good relationship with each of my clients so once I've sort of met them and talked to them in person, whether it be in Australia or Berlin, typically that relationship can still flourish over Skype. I think that it's a little bit more difficult if you're meeting clients for the first time on Skype, like it's still possible, but the best case is you've met that person and they've gotten to know you in person and then you've continued that relationship over the course of years. So I think that my strongest clients and yeah, that's sort of the way that those relationships are developed is best done in person, but it can also work via Skype. Mm. And so this is not something most people would choose to do, I imagine, because, I mean, there's an element of risk in what you're doing in that, like, you know, you're going to earn enough income, yeah. you're going to find clients, all of that. So you must have a high tolerance for uncertainty, do you? <laughs> I, think so. I think to a degree, because I do, like, I do agree. Like, I've got a lot of friends who've sort of um, given it a go in different formats, and it, it, it can get frustrating at times, as you said, like, with a bit of the uncertainty and also not having a very strict routine. Like, it's a bit difficult to stick to things like exercise routines, or maybe that's my excuse, but um, <laughs> things like that are a tad hard to stick to when you're sort of moving all over the place. But um, yeah, I, th I think it's I think it's worth it for the, the benefits that it's given me. Well, it's really interesting what you're doing because I'm I'm thinking this is probably there's probably going to be more people like you working like you in the future, just thanks to the the ability to do it through yeah. through, through, through the digital connections. I, yeah, there does seem to be a trend, like, oh, sorry, along like those lines. For example, I keep seeing ads popping up um, on YouTube advertising, like the laptop lifestyle. And the one thing I did want to mention is, is it's being painted as a very, very glamorous um, sort of opportunity at the moment. I saw one girl the other day who was um, on her laptop in a pool. And she was advertising, you know, living the laptop life. So I was like, hmm, it's not quite that glamorous. <laughs> Shouldn't have your laptop in the pool. But also, I think, yeah, like as you said, there are sort of, um, yeah, there is a bit of uncertainty. And it can get a tad lonely too if you are if you don't have anyone to creatively bounce off of and that type of thing. Mm. So are you, are, you, are you part of the gig economy or, or are you, is what you're doing something a little bit different? What's the gig economy? You'll have to forgive me for not knowing that term. <laughs> the, the gig economy is where people are, are doing part-time jobs, maybe multiple jobs, like, for example, someone who's delivering um, uh, Uber Eats uh, yeah. and uh, maybe working uh, as a landscape project person at the same oh, okay. time. 
So, so no. no, 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 no. So I've got um, a couple of my clients are long-term clients. So they've, they've got work that they get done each week. So they're quite consistent. And then the other sort of businesses that I provide services for, they, you know, they come until the branding is complete and then, you know, potentially there'll be on-flowing things. But most of the clients are, yeah, there's not like a long-term contract or something with them. Like a couple of them will take me full time to see like a long-term project. But yeah, typically, no, there's there's no other gigs, just consistent clients. Okay. All right. And, and how do you collect the, the, the word collective in butter collective? And you described yeah. it before that you've got a group of people that you work with, but you're, yeah. you're, not, in, you're not employing them, are you? They're not employees. They're um, co-workers or how does that work? Yeah. It's interesting. So there's like a few of us that sort of head up the strategy. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a couple of different strategic heads. And then we've also then contract out to freelancers. So for example, there's a project that I'm completing at the moment in Germany with um, one of my partners, Renee. So he's doing the project management and he's doing some strategic um, marketing for that. And then we've also got some contractors working with us on that project as well. So we're both sort of manning it as the, the primary points of client contact. And then we've got people that are also doing the UX and the design and, you know, working in those sorts of functions as well. So they're people that we're employing and we're both sort of managing that project together. Right. Are you all working in English or do you work in German or other languages? Yes. Fortunately for me, everybody works in English because my German is rather terrible. Um, <laughs> my pronunciation is not great. Um, but, yeah, everyone, like, that is that is the lucky thing about English is everyone's usually very comfortable working in it. Uh-huh. So if, can, can you, for, for, for people who are perhaps um, – Ending up in uh, their their education at high school, or thinking of moving on to uh, tertiary education in some form, and wondering what they're going to do in the future, can you describe what a day or a week in your uh, free range career, global free range career life looks like? Well, <laughs> well, last it depends on the year actually. Like this year, I'm trying to settle down a tiny bit more, so I've just hired a space to work from, just so I've got a bit more consistency. So I'll be here for a couple of months, but. In previous years, it was, I don't know, it was it was wherever sort of I woke up and then typically I'll go through my to-do list and then, I don't know, sort of try and execute those things. I mean, I've got to be pretty careful with my calendar because that tends to, that can that's the thing that can really unravel with the time zones. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's pretty much, it's usually just me with my computer and working out what needs to get achieved in each day. And then, yeah, talking to the other sort of strategic heads that I've got when it's possible and yeah, I think I think it'd be pretty similar to any other freelancer's role. It's just been across different countries. Uh huh. And what's the best thing about how you work? Oh, the freedom. The definitely the freedom to like decide when you want to work um, and when you don't want to work. But that's also the hardest thing <laughs> because then you've also sort of got to have these conversations with yourself when you don't want to do something, but you have to do something. Or you know, I'm my own boss, so I negotiate with myself sometimes about why I'd rather, you know, have the day off versus why I should be working or things like that. But, yeah, typically I'll, I'll tend to do, like, batch work. So I'll work um, very hard for a certain number of days. And then if I'm traveling or something, then that'll give me the opportunity to have, like, three or four days off to explore the country. And then I'll work, you know, yeah, very tightly for a next period. And I sort of try and handle it like that. So what's your advice for uh, young people who m might be attracted to the, the glamour of, <laughs> of of a life like yours, uh, what, sort, what sort of personality uh, strengths or attributes do they need to make it, make it a success? Oh, your... I, yeah, I think, 
I think if you're just outgoing and you just sort of give everything a go, like when I first, because in Germany I was working as the art director at um, a company while doing Vata, so that actually was, I suppose, kind of a gig situation, but that just came about because I was actually lost and then I met somebody on a train and I had a chat and then I showed them my portfolio and I was willing to go in and work like a little bit cheaper just from the start for like a couple of weeks until they got to know me. And then from there, the relationship flourished. And then I've still worked with those guys. So they're still providing work for me now, even though I'm back in Australia. So I still manage their clients now. So basically just being willing to work um, and willing to sort of put in a bit of, put in a bit, I suppose, of your own time to prove that you're, you're worth hiring. So always go the extra mile and then people will remember you and then they'll keep coming back. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, so just uh, looking forward from now, um, have you got all the technology you need to do do what you do? Is it easy? Uh, are there any technology changes coming down that you're aware of that would make it easier or is there stuff that you'd like that you haven't got? I would like better Wi-Fi. <laughs> I think um, we would all, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wi-Fi would be great. Yeah. But um, no, in general, I think I've got everything. I mean, the, the only thing that I really miss is is I get lonely when there's not other people around to like creatively bounce ideas off. It is good on Skype, but I think there is a different dynamic when you actually have the opportunity to sit down with a client and be in their presence. So that's probably the only thing that I think is sometimes lacking. But technology-wise, no, I think I think everything is really covered. Okay, so do you see a time when you will want to stop roaming and just settle down in one spot and change? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting a bit more like that now. Like probably my dream would be to spend half the year living in Berlin and then half the year living in Australia. So and then maybe put Asia in between because it's a long flight. So so I'd probably like to be doing yeah, so six months in Germany and then well six months probably in Australia or maybe take one of those months and pop it in Asia. Something like that would be my dream. Set up. Right. So it, it sounds to me like that uh, wish to be a little bit more settled is probably a function of age because you're, you're only in your 20s, aren't you? Yeah, I've just yeah. turned, turned 28 in July. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so in 10 years' time, if you were still roaming around the world, uh, maybe not as attractive as when you're in it's, your 20s? It's, yeah, it's not. It's, it's starting to get less convenient. Like I'm starting to get a bit more. Like I, you know, I miss my yoga and I miss my, you know, comforts and things like that. I think, yeah, when I was younger, it was a bit, I just didn't, I wasn't as fussed by those things. But now I quite like having a habit and a routine. And I think you are just far more productive when you can have that consistency of getting up at the same time and not rushing about to airports and on public. I mean, you can, for example, do work on an airplane. I've tried that. It does work, but it's a lot nicer to do work in your office. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, what you're doing really sounds very appealing. It's um, an example, I think, of how some people in the future will work. Uh, and your advice to youngsters who may be contemplating uh, doing something like this sounds, sounds very helpful. Uh, to, to, to just to wrap up, you, you probably need, and this is a question, you probably need some sort of creative um, skill to to do what you're doing. I mean, if you if you were just a not just, but if you were a process sort of person, uh, you it would be hard to find work like oh, yours. Oh, I think I, I, I what I've started to find is there has actually been an interesting trend in a diversifying of different careers that are available for um, 
traveling around. So at the moment, there's unusual things like you can get virtual assistants. So if you're somebody who is, for example, like very organized and they're able to keep on top of emails, you can actually find a role as a virtual assistant to somebody and, and you can be located anywhere. Um, there's also there's, there's also a lot of different platforms like Upwork um, and different platforms like that where if you're a freelancer, you can sort of uh, pretty much post what, what services you can provide. And then people like myself can also advertise with jobs that they've got. And yeah, you can also find work like that. So if I if I was someone and and I didn't have a specific type of training that I was necessarily directly wanting to get employed under, check out some of those different. Um, I can give you a few of them afterwards, like Upwork and a few different other platforms, and just advertise what it is that your skill set is. Because there's even things like you know data entry and virtual assistants and copywriting, and there's all sorts of bits and bobs that are starting to pop up as people sort of come down this path. Mm. So school leavers or or people leaving after, after tertiary education, if they wanted to just experiment and have a taste of how yeah. th- there's, yeah, th- there's there's more options than I imagined by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's not actually impossible. Mm. Like I think I think it is. There is always um, sort of a like a fight to keep clients because there's a lot of other people going down these avenues. But as I said, like if you do good work and you keep the clients happy, there's no reason they'll go and look elsewhere. Like when you try and employ people, it's it's more of a pain to go and look for new people. So if you're good, there's no reason why they won't keep you. Mm-hmm. Well, Jess, look, that's very, very interesting. And thank you for your time today. Very inspiring for people who may have a, a mindset to uh, go and give this a go. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you too, Peter. <laughs> Great talking to you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Capacity Podcast. Brought to you by LearnFastHQ.com, delivering the world's best evidence-based solutions for learning since 1999. Head over to our website to read a transcript of the podcast. Go to LearnFastHQ.com, that's L-E-A-R-N-F-A-S-T-H-Q.com, and click on Podcast in the menu at the top of the page. And don't forget to subscribe in your listening app so you don't miss hearing any of the interesting discussions about learning, teaching and education.